Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome back best-selling author Juliette Faye to our broadcast. Juliette is celebrating a great new book, and you guys are going to love this. I know we're in spring, but definitely want to add this to your list now so you can reread it during the summer. It's called The Half of It. We're going to talk to Juliet, not only about her remarkable success, but also what it's been like for her to create, create characters that readers definitely enjoy, makes us think, and also want to tell other people about as well. If you all have not gotten your copy of the half of it, we'll let you know how you can do that. Juliet, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Cyrus, it's so, ba- so nice to be back chatting with you. I really enjoy it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So I want to talk, we're going to get into the half of it, um, but there are so many things to say about that book. But I want to talk about your career, because when I was prepping for this segment, and you and I had a great conversation with your, your last release, but what I thought about is that you've been able to thrill readers with different types of stories and different types of characters. What has that been like for you from book to book, Juliet, to see how you've been able to not only to pick up new readers, but also to keep those readers that have been reading you for so long, keep them engaged as well? Oh, well, that's a great question, Cyrus. I, you know, I, I think um, some writers just want to write sort of in the same vein, the same kinds of stories, and that's, that's wonderful. I mean, that's, that's a very happy thing for the readers. I have wandered around a little bit, as you mentioned. I've done historical fiction. I've done stories that are a little darker, a little more intense, stories that are a little bit lighter. Um, but I'm always, I think the main thread that runs through all of my books is sort of that the human condition, I'm fascinated by redemption stories, um, and I really like stories that involve forgiveness. Yeah. That that is definitely something that comes through in your work. And I think for myself, Juliet, and, and the half of it definitely has that and so much more. As I said, we're going to get into that. But I think, too, as we, we think about books that you've been able to write again, that even we may on the surface think, okay, I can't see myself in this. Once you get to get to the characters, and I think that goes to your skill, is being able to really tell a character story. So what about that? When did you realize that was a gift you had, to be able to not only be able to come up with a character, but to really make them live? Well, thank you so much. That's so nice to hear. I really appreciate that coming. Um, you know, I am just a student of human nature, and humans fascinate me. I was a human development major in college, not an English major. Um, and sort of how people interact, how people, you know, fight, how they love, how they mm. figure themselves out, um, that's something that's always sort of fascinated me. So I really I, I bring that to my And I think readers pick up on that, Juliet. I think, you know, when we take a book, I mean, of course, I mean, when you and I last spoke, Catch Us When We Fall, I mean, you take a book like that with characters that seem so flawed, but also, of course, the idea of redemption and, you know, and discovery. 
I think it was so interesting picking up the half of it and seeing some of those same things again. Totally different characters, by the way. Characters that seem totally different on the outside. And I want to talk to you about that point because it goes to something I mentioned to you before we went live here. And that is the great thing about you as a storyteller is that you're able to introduce us to characters that, again, we may not see ourselves in initially, but as we get to know them, I heard one author mention it almost like unwrapping an onion, um, that we're able to see a connection. Talk to us about about Helen for you and how Helen came about. Sure. So Helen is 58 years old. She's a new widow. Um, she's recently moved to a little town to be closer to her daughter and son-in-law. And um, she's, you know, she's, she tells herself she's perfectly happy with her life. She takes her three-mile runs every day. She keeps the books for her son-in-law's bakery, and she her granddaughter. But when she scratches the surface and delves a little deeper, she realizes that she, there's really some aspects of her life that have not gone well. And I think we all have those things that we look back and think, hmm, that was not a good decision, or I kind of regret that, or, you know, sometimes those re- regrets are pretty big. I think it's part of the human condition to, to have regrets. We've all made mistakes. We've all stepped in it. We've all gone the wrong direction at some point in our lives. And this is really an exploration of a woman who, you know, she's not, she's still got plenty of time left, but she's lived a good bit of her life. And to realize at 58 years old, she has really veered in the wrong direction. And the time left to, to correct that course, um, to fix things, is, you know, limited. Yeah. And and that brings up a, a thing for myself when I was reading the half of it, and that is, as you said, I mean, she is on the outside. She looks like she has it all together. But there's a lot going on with her, and it goes to the inner work. And, again, this is where I did see a connection, Juliet, with Catch Us When We Fall, where, again, the inner work was so important. Talk to us about that. What was it like for you to kind of show how, no matter how much people may see us, you know, as being the best of ourselves, how that really does begin with how we feel about ourselves inside? You know, Cyrus, it's so interesting that you draw a connection to the character, the main character from Catches One Fall. She's 29 years old. She's pregnant. She's an um, alcoholic. I mean, she is a clear, obvious sort of mess. She has no work. She has no place to live, you know. And Helen looks like she's got it all together by by comparison. Um, but Helen really does need to do that interior work and look and see why has my life been so unsatisfying to me where how did it happen how did it, how did we get here and she really doesn't want to do that she does not yeah. want to open that box and it's really when cal crosby comes along the boy that she um loved in high school and the two of them had this romantic night together and then the next day everything well and she's been sort of shoving that down for the last 40 years she's been saying i don't want to look at that i don't want to revisit that pain that hurt that anger that i feel so let me just keep marching along. And when Cal Crosby you know, accidentally comes back into her life and says, hey, we got to talk about this, she at first is really resistant to it. You know, she doesn't want to go back there. But he kind of, he, he perseveres with her, and she does have to take a look and find eventually that it was really worth um, the, the effort the anguish and the effort to, to, to take a look. Right. 
And I think, too, bringing up Cal, and again, I'll talk around this, uh, uh, Juliet, the other thing I thought was interesting is that what Cal showed her about what he was dealing with in his life, that she wasn't the only one going through stuff, that he was going through his own stuff. And so that even as she may have looked at him and thought, you know, things were well for him, that he also was dealing with his his own stuff, too. And I think that that is what makes this book so, so good for me, because it was like, you know, it kind of helps us to break down the facade, especially in the world we live in today where we all are putting the, our best, you know, face forward on yes. social media and, you know, everyone just sees the highlight reel. I think to actually look at Cal's life and Helen's life really goes to show how, you know what, it really does begin with how we see ourselves and the work on ourselves. So was this a book, the way that you wrote it, Juliet, was this a book that came easy for you? You know, once I got going, it really, uh, it really did come strangely easily for me. And I'm, I'm going to have to. I know this is going to sound strange to say, but kind of thank the pandemic. I started writing it in August of 2020, and I had nowhere to go and nothing to do but write. I'm, I'm kind of an avid gardener, and you know, by October the garden's kind of done, and so yeah. really I'm inside. And what have I got to do? I can't go anywhere. Being with these characters and writing this story was kind of like a little mini vacation. So I, I wrote it faster than I've written any book ever, um, seven months, which is, to me, a land speed record. Yeah, wow, love that, love that. And and I love the fact, too, that, you know, again, it goes to show that even in challenging times, something great can come out of it. There was another issue that may sound crazy for me to bring up uh, Juliet, but I don't think my audience would be surprised of anything crazy that I say when it comes to reading a book and picking up on things. There there was there was a, a it, I won't to call it a throwaway scene, but a scene that really resonated with me about life. And it's when Cal and Helen were talking about, you know, the experience of a birth, you know, with their own children. Um that was such an interesting thing for me because I think one of the things I also took away from the half of it, and I'm curious if this came about on purpose or it just happened, one of the things it seems like the characters don't mind saying to each other is, you know, can I be honest if I'm honest? That comes up a lot in this book, I noticed. And it's almost like, again, going to the point I was making earlier, that a lot of times we feel as though people really they don't want you know, to know the truth. Talk to us about that. What that was like for you to kind of play with both life and what's precious in life, but also the idea of truth in this book too. Sure. Well, I love the point that you made earlier that, you know, what you see on you know, social media is the highlight reel. You know, that's so true. We, you know, we all, and I think it's sort of human uh, nature to kind of try to put our best selves forward and just act like everything's fine. And outwardly, both Helen and Cal are, are fairly successful people. And they look mm-hmm. like they, they, you know, they've got it down. Um, but I think, you know, when the two of them start to ha- talk about what happened to them, that set them both on courses that were not the healthiest for them. Um, and they begin to open up a little bit. Um, they find an enormous amount of healing there. And I think, I think we all need somebody that we can be honest with and be yeah. our, you know, messy you know, uh, you know, not put together selves with, you know, whether that's a friend or a partner or a family member that we can just, we can go to and say, I'm a wreck right now and still feel love. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are able to 
provide friendship to each other in a really important way, eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think uh, Helen has it in her um, life. We all kind of need it. My friends tell me I can be that for them. We need that voice of reason, that person who's kind of like, okay, what's taking this so long? What are you waiting on? <laughs> you know, why aren't you doing this yet? You know, Helen has that as her life. Do you find yourself being that person in, in life, Juliet, or are you more the person who, who has someone like that, like Helen has? Well, you know what? I am so fortunate. I have some great friends that I can absolutely go to and say, well, ah, help me, you know. And I, I certainly hope that I am I am there for them, too. I mean, I think that's, that's the ideal in a friendship is that you can go to each other and say, you know, let me be honest. Or, or hey, you know, I noticed that something's off with you lately. Um, and, in, you know, say it in a loving way, but also in a constructive way. I think I think we all need somebody to sort of put us in check sometimes. Um, but also love us at the same time. Was it also something else, take away the romantic element about Cal and Helen that may have been there, was that something also that you liked about their relationship, that it really was based on being real with one another and realizing that even if they couldn't deal with everyone, that they could be real and honest with one another? Yeah, you know, their relationship starts in the 10th grade in school. And they are these two nerdy kids. Hal is this skinny, awkward, short kid. And, and they really find each other, you know, as they're running track together. And they become, they develop a solid friendship. And that is really the basis of their relationship is friendship. Um, and Helen admits that she's not somebody who's great at making friends. She's a pretty deep introvert. She's, you know, she's a little too happy just doing her own thing. And Cal really draws, draws her out. Um, he becomes a very good and close friend with her, and that, I think, is the beauty of the relationship and something, a touchstone that they can sort of go back to later in the Yeah. The, you mentioned the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic does show itself in this book and their conversations as well. Did that just seem like something that was inevitable, uh, Julia, considering uh, where, when the book was set? And again, like you mentioned, going back to your being able to write a book that's contemporary here, um, but also, of course, at least acknowledging what all of us kind of have gone through. Yeah. So, you know, writing a book in August of 2020 when it was all around us, I just didn't feel like I could act like we were in a world that it didn't <laughs> exist. I just felt like not authentic. That being said, I want to just um, reassure readers and listeners that um, it is not about the pandemic. The pandemic is yeah. sort of in the background, right. and, it, and it really sort of sets off Helen's sense of reviewing her life and, and, re and realizing she has so much regret because people were really – doing that kind of reviewing and reflection, mm -hmm. you know, when they, you know, with a pause in social, you know, social interaction, suddenly people were kind of looking at themselves and saying, right. is this where I want to be Right. with this person, with this job and this town? Such a great point. That's so, so true. I want to step back for a second, Juliet, and talk about you again for a second, because one thing I think that all of us learned, myself included, that I'm still incorporating is how... We don't have to be everywhere. Um, that social media, that Zoom is now, you know, a good friend of ours. <laughs> There's 
streaming <laughs> opportunities. Uh, even though I know you as an author, you love being able to be there with with your readers. How has that helped you as a storyteller to amplify your reach? How has you know that what we've learned through the pandemic when it comes to ways we can connect online? And do, I noticed you did virtual events with even with the latest book as well with the last book. How has that kind of helped you in being able to broaden your your horizons too? Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm active on Instagram and on Facebook and a little bit on Twitter. Um, and I found, you know, when my last book came out, Cyrus, The Catcher's Home Fall in September of 2021, it, you know, there was a big explosion in cases again, and I had to do virtually everything by Zoom, and I was dreading it. I just, I like to be with people. I'm an extrovert, yeah. you know. And what I realized was that so many more people could enjoy, could, you know, sort of be part of, it because they didn't have to leave their homes and they could zoom in from anywhere. So one of the things I wanted to do with this book tour is make sure I did have a Zoom event, which I do tomorrow night at 7.30. It's with Macintosh Books um, out of uh, Florida. I'm not going to Florida. It's a bookstore that I completely love. They were devastated in Hurricane Ian and, and had mm. to you know, move their store off Sanibel Island and so I wanted to support them, but I also I love the idea of having a um, you know a Zoom event. If people want to check out my events, my website is julietfay.com, and there's tab. And if you want to uh, jump on tomorrow night, I'd love to see you. Love that, love that. And I think there's a, another thing that you do, and and I'm always cautious, uh, Juliet. And I I've gotten some pushback about this, which I totally understand. I I am. I love books, period. Um, I do, full disclosure, my radio audience knows, I do have a relationship with Amazon. I'm one of their partners, and I, I'm one of their owner personalities for Amazon Live. So, of course, I talk about Amazon a lot. But one thing I noticed about you, especially when it came to the, the last book, Catch Us When We Fall, you are big about supporting local bookstores, which I also believe in. I do here in Mississippi as well. And just what you just mentioned, that's why I'm bringing it up, what you just mentioned there. What has that been like for you to show um, and to be a part of people's love affair with bookstores? again because there was some questions about that years ago about how you know how bookstores will be able to make it in their role what has that been like for you to be a part of that where people are still finding that community in bookstores I you know I just love it I think it's wonderful I love doing events in bookstores because then readers come in and they're not only hopefully going to buy my book but maybe they're going to find some other things that they're interested in you know, when right. I do a, uh, I don't have a bookstore, you know, in my community. So when I go to bookstores, I always say, you know, you're lucky to have this. Buy a book. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. mine, but please support them. You know, that right. being said, Amazon provides an enormous service. Um, you know, you can get anything, you know, in very quick time. And I'm a member of Amazon. So I'm yeah. not poo-pooing any way that people get their books, but I certainly do like to support yeah, and and I and I have um, I'm always uh, trying to be aware of that myself, and that was just why I brought it up um, because uh, you mentioning the event, I wanted to let my audience know because I do get messages almost weekly <laughs> with this. You know, you you really should be talking about the bookstore. You know, it's not that I I you know have anything against the bookstores, of course, but um, you know the the truth of the matter is uh, my audience is a lot larger than Mississippi, and so I have to think about okay, convenience wise, 
you know, a lot of people are they're online listening. You know, it's you know it's easy for them just to go to Amazon. But yeah. I love that point. You know, and then building community. We, as I mentioned, we do local book events here uh, in my home state, and I'm I'm really big about that. So I totally mirror what you said there, Juliet. I I want to ask you this, and you may not can tell me, and if not, it's okay. But I thought I'd ask anyway. <laughs> uh, are we going to see Helen again? <laughs> Oh, I love that question because it means you want to see her again. So I will tell you that I have just finished another uh, novel. It's still in revision. Um, mm. so I'm not sure when it will come out. I haven't even sold it to my editor yet. So um, can't can't promise it anytime soon. But the book is done, and it returns to that little town of Bellum, Massachusetts. And one of the things that I have done uh, with some of my books is this will be, this next one will be the fourth book set in Bellum. I'm starting to call it the Bellum Collection. I have this fantasy of setting out, a, putting out a box set someday. Um, ah. And they have, they each have some similar characters. They all stand alone. They're not sequels, um, but they, um, they have some similar characters. And Helen does pop in. You'll see a little bit of Helen in the next book. Um, but it's, um, like I said, they're not they're not sequels, but they do sort of progress through time. Um, Love that. So the next book, you know, is later in time than the half of it, and so you'll see a little bit further down the down the road. Perhaps. Interesting, interesting. Well, I'm glad I asked the question then. Well, that that's going to be interesting to I'm see. And look, I, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the cool thing too, uh, Julia. That I mean, you do create these characters that people do wonder about, like you know, especially after catches when we we fall i thought about those some of those characters and what life what you know what they would think about certain situations and so it's it's interesting to to know that the author also is having those same conversations with itself so it gives us gives us all hope in the meantime though juliet bay is celebrating her newest book the half of it it is out now you can get it of course from your favorite local bookstore if they don't have it i know they'd be glad to order it for you of course it also is available on amazon.com you all can get it there as well as her other titles too juliet you always make this so easy and so much fun. Really appreciate you. You gave it out earlier, but would you mind giving out your website again? Sure. It's um, www.julietfay.com. All right. And Cyrus, I love being interviewed by you. You ask the most interesting questions, um, and you're well, obviously you. such a book lover, so it's, it's, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that for sure. And looking forward to our next chat together, okay? Me too. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.